0: don't grow air produce <laughs> Amen I want to greet you in the presence of God Romans 1 and 16 I'm sorry I told you 6 Romans 1 and 16 I'll also be reading from 2nd Timothy the 3rd chapter 2nd Timothy 3 16 through 17 you have it say read pastor you know y'all ain't got it Romans 1 and 16 says for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 17 says, So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to start a series this month titled, Getting the monster out of the closet. Getting the monster out of the closet. Before you take your seats, I want you to ask your neighbor, have you confronted that monster? Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Confrontation with a monster. Uh, I feel pretty good here and so I'm going to say whatever he's put on my mind. Uh, I won't apologize if it hurts your feelings. It's for your good and my good and so on and I just told you what the word of God is. It's life. Correction reproof. It is sound advice knowledge a way of life and dealing with the monster I want to first talk just maybe four to five minutes about what I believe that monster is now I don't know personally what you're dealing with however I do know that it is a monster However, I've come to the place of knowledge that many of us in the church are gifted, but we're not using our gifts because we have whatever the case may be, which I would call it a monster, keeping us from exercising that which God has placed inside of us. Now, I know when y'all saw the title, Getting the Monster Out of the Closet, your, your minds automatically went to one place. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there are many places in our lives, all of us, that we would consider a monster. To bring me back. And the struggle is, is that we don't want to reveal or expose monster that is in our lives because we don't want anybody to know what our issue or issues are. The Bible says that God has no respecter of persons. In fact, I believe also that the monster has no respecter. He's no respecter or she's no respecter or it is no respecter of persons. Let me tell you What I call or have identified as a monster I've come to the place that your monster Is the very thing that you have been keeping secret And let me just go ahead and share it because you're not The monster can be It can be molestation The monster can be rape The monster can be alcohol It can be drugs It can be sex Pornography, reading materials, television shows, not wanting to release the death of family members, past hurts. Shall I go on? I think I will. Family issues, food issues, past church hurt, adultery, infidelity, premarital sex, lying. Backbiting, come on, Pastor. Cheating. People wanting to people watch. Peeping Toms, Lucky Charms, Cheerios, you know, all these things that we have keeping us in the closet. It could be prostitution, it can be drug dealing, it can be embezzlement, it can be fear. I don't know what your issue is, but however, I do know that it's a monster. And God placed gifts or the gift inside of us so that he can be glorified, so that we could exalt him, so that we could lift him up, so that we can make him bigger than our issue, make him bigger than the monster. However, there is no respecter of persons. Hear me this morning. It doesn't matter if you've been in church all of your life. It doesn't matter if you just got saved or been saved all your life. It doesn't matter if you have been filled. It doesn't matter that you have gone through the process of sanctification. I had a depiction this morning, and I was going to do it, but it was too late for the drama team, of an individual coming to the altar. And when he came to the altar, he had about 20 members behind him. And those 20 members behind him at the altar represented the issues that he was having in his life the representation of those issues when he came to the altar he actually gave his life to christ now here's what you would call the elephant in the room when he left the altar after giving his life to christ let me expose the lie and the myth that you've been taught when he left the altar after giving his life to christ When he walked out of the door, all 20 monsters were still following him out the door. The reason why I believe God showed me that is because sanctification, deliverance is a process. And just because you get your life today does not mean that everything is going to be zeroed out of your life. Just because you give your life today and give it to Christ and you think that everything is going to be great. Let me tell you something. The same issues that you showed up to the altar with are going to be the same issues that are seated in your car when you get into it in the parking lot. These issues did not come to you or resonate or live in you overnight. These issues came into you and they have been a part of your life for a very long time. So if it is a monster, if it is the issue, it did not just happen. So let's dispel that myth that just give it to God and you're changed. God, God, God will use that. But however, it's a process that he takes us through. And I want to give you three points and I'm going to preach. Get out your way and we're going to go home because I know you all are hungry three points I'm going to give you. Number one is unleash the monster. (laughs) Unleash the monster. The longer that you harbor, the longer that you keep that thing in there, the longer that is going to control you. The longer that you keep it in and you do not expose it, the longer that is going to dictate your move it's going to dictate your response. It's going to control your life. It's very important to unleash the beast. It has to be troublesome that Satan has used people in your life to tell you, "Child, don't you don't you share that." Child, you you better not say no, don't testify about that. It is Satan's desire to place the demonic force in your life called shame. And whenever you become shamed, you become ashamed of the gospel. It's important as the body of Christ to be in a place that we're able to share when the time is right. Watch this. To share our past life. And let me tell you when the time is right. The time is right When you start the process of living right, the reason why we don't share those things is because we have not truly crossed that barrier. And what happens is, is that we begin to compromise a lifestyle of living in the gospel. I feel good right now. We begin to compromise in the church and we have compromised Christianity and that's not what God wants us to do I mean he doesn't want us to have a form of religion he wants us to have a lifestyle with him I mean it's so important that we grab this because if we don't get it what will happen is is we'll come to church and we'll put on everything that we need to come on to put on to come into church and we want to look a certain way we want to feel a certain way we want to be identified a certain way and when we leave we still have those 20 monsters following us me tell you something God has soldiers out there that can see your monsters never watch this stop allowing people to identify that thing that's keeping you in the closet from exercising your gifts when we fail to identify the very issue the enemy sneaks in and uses that thing and keeps you in the closet even longer. <laughs> let, me, let me move on because I, I want to give you this. The second thing I want you to write down and note is deliverance is available to you. Deliverance is available to you. I'm going to come back to it. Deliverance is available to you. The third thing is expose and identify. Huh. Exposure and identification is very important. You want to be the one to do that. Watch this. Because God is going to do it through you. I want to. I want to share a few things, and it has just puzzled me uh, in my study time, and 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 I come to realize that in these scriptures, that the Bible is a is a living document. I mean, it's not some book. It's not a novel. It's not something that you read and let's do a reading plan. I know they got reading plans out there, but let me tell you something. Don't you ever read the Bible for a novel. It is a living document. It it, it will transform your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It will transform your life so that you won't conform to the world. The problem is, is that we're doing. We got so much conformity. It's because we don't have enough word in us, and so we don't have enough word in you. What's on the outside that's not authentic can move you to a place where you begin to compromise just to fit in. Isn't it amazing that we we were coming through school and we tried to, you know, some people tried to fit in at school, and now you are an adult and you're in church and you're trying to fit in <laughs> how in the world do you come to God's house and try to fit in baby you already in you must not know the gospel if any man be in Christ he is a new creature you've got to be in Christ not of Christ but in Christ religious folks are of Christ but when you're in Christ there's a movement in your life there's a change that takes place <sighs> goodness every scripture is God breathe every scripture oh my goodness I was I was reading a few days ago and it was talking about uh, miracles taking place by the finger of God miracles taking place how How do miracles happen? You know, I'm sick and tired of people showing up and things are happening, right? And we're taking them for our own good, for our own glory. Everything that takes place is because of the grace of God. The word of God is a mirror for us as our standard of holy living. Can I preach for a little bit? If the Word of God is a mirror for us, then it shows us where, watch this, where we fall short. And it also shows us what the Holy Standard is. The Holy Ghost, the Bible teaches us, has a standard in our lives. He can help us and make us complete, equipped, and ready to be used. Once we see the word and accept it as truth for our lives, we must allow the word to what? To transform us. There is no transformation without meditation. There's no transformation without reading. You think just because you come to church for two hours a week (laughs) that your life is going to be transformed. No, no, no. That's just a small part of it. It's a process. You've got to change your life. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. The word of God has to work on the inside of us. How does it work on the inside of us, pastor? Well, the word of God cleanses us and purifies us from the inside out. That's why it's important not just to look good on the outside, but see, when you change on the inside, it automatically changes on the outside. See, in this way of life, it really doesn't matter what you have on because you can put on your Armani suits and you can put on your your shoes and ladies wear your stilettos. But if you're funky on the inside, you're going to have a stench on the outside. There's a there's a there's an embodiment that we have to take that has to take place, and that change happens when we yield to God. I mean, we come up with so many different things why we don't want to get involved, so many issues, so many situations in our life that keep us down. We don't want to go to church, we want to stay at home, we might watch it on TV, we're watching this joker on TV, and we watching that person on TV, and we're watching that one on TV, and we don't know what to believe. <laughs> We're struggling. Tell your neighbor, you got to get it for yourself. And so we get to this place where God is saying, I want to cleanse you. I want to purify you, which is a small part of the process. And we must read and study God's word. The Holy Spirit, watch this, will expose you. (laughs) This is why the word of God is a mirror. The Holy Spirit, listen to it, will expose you to yourself. God will expose you to yourself. Where, when, how? In prayer, the light of God's holiness shines on us and reveals what we look like to him. That's why when you're full of yourself, you can't see what God wants you to see. Because all you see is yourself. God wants to shine through you. You know how you get to a certain place? When you look in the mirror and you see God, not yourself there's too many of us who claim to be Christians, who claim to be followers of Christ and we're looking in the mirror, baby I look good, don't I look good, ooh I'm smooth let me tell you something, you gotta come down a few notches, that's why God allows some things in your life to humble you in the humbling process we've all been there during these times of prayer the Holy Ghost will begin to minister to you Minister concerning the issues that need work in your life. During this time, issues can be exposed. Not only are they exposed, they are identified and dealt with. Why is prayer so necessary for every Christian? Talk to me. I believe I talk to myself. It only reveals to us our true character, but it also allows us to begin to discern. Watch this the voice of the Holy Spirit. You got to get in his arena. I shared something on Thursday night that that, that baffled many and and, and I struggled for one when I started uh, learning it, but you know, God can use whoever he wants to use. I was showing in the scripture how the disciples didn't even believe after the resurrection. And then he told them, he said, listen, you're going to go out and you're going to preach and teach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now why would he tell the disciples who don't believe, who are frightened, who are afraid that they're gonna go out and be preachers of the word. Because somewhere along those lines, in between uh, chapter 15 and 20, I believe we was in what? The book of Mark, somewhere along those lines between 15, 16, and 20, Acts 2 happened. And you know what happened in Acts 2? Acts 2 is when the Holy Ghost showed up and changed everything. When the Holy Ghost showed up, there was a change, a different way of life, a different way of thinking. A different way of doing things see see gotta change and shift you even right where you are gotta change and shift you right in the midst of your situation right in the midst of your unbelief right in the midst of your non-control see we want to be in control but when god shows up he says look relinquish all control god can't use you if you're in control god can't use you if you're in control of everything That's why it's tough for a rich man to make it into the kingdom. God can't use you. Uh, uh, Ah, y'all want me to preach harder. But let me, I got to give you this dialogue because it's going to help you in life. He'll expose you. So I'm asking you, what's hidden in your heart? What is it that's in the closet that keeps you from coming out? My question to the church was, why is it that we're looking for all these people to come in and do all these things that God's going to have us to do when the gifts of God are sitting right in the church? We're sitting here, but we're still in the closet. We're sitting here, but we're still in the closet. I can identify 100 gifts right here in the room right now. And we can go into another state and start a whole other ministry. You know why? Because, because, because you're sitting in the room and you're sitting down on your gifts and your talents. It's amazing that God will put somebody in your life to identify what you already know is in there. <laughs> and when God sends that person into your life, you got to say, I got to get rid of the monster because somebody has seen what's on the inside of me. You have to be in a place, in a position where you gotta take charge, not control. Watch this. That's the difference between between taking charge and taking control. We wanna control it. No, take charge of it. That's the difference. Oh, man, I gotta give you that. Watch this. Watch that. Expose and identify. Somebody say, Expose. expose. And, identify. and identify. I like this because we get to a place where we feel condemned and we're struggling because the enemy is saying nobody wants you you're not even called how can you hear from god you got too many issues in your life how can you do these things how can you preach how can you sing how can you evangelize you got too many issues in your life i like it because i want to drop by and give you a little bit about paul and we're gonna go home talk to me the apostle paul knew that no good thing dwelt in his flesh But he also understood the benefit of the being found in Christ. The word says, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans 8 and 1. Webster Dictionary, and I told you, I don't know if he's saved, defines condemn as to declare to be uh, reprehensible, wrong, or evil, usually without weighing evidence. And without reservation to pronounce, watch this guilty, guilty, sentence doomed to a judge unfit for use or consumption. Wow. Doesn't that give us some insight concerning what condemnation is? That you are of no use? The enemy says that you've been condemned, and God says, therefore, no condemnation. Condemnation is one of the biggest tools that the enemy uses against Christians today. Condemnation. We feel condemned. We feel like we have no word. We feel like we're no good. You know why? Because we allow things, people, and places to identify in us what shouldn't be us and then tell us that we're not qualified to do God's work and his will. And we listen to people and we believe it and guess what? We stay in the closet and we sit down on the gifts of God. Paul was struggling, though. I like this because many times throughout this walk, especially through uh, the deliverance process, the real battle, watch this, begins in our minds. Talk to me. You must know without a doubt that you are saved and have been washed by the blood of Jesus. Romans 8 and 1, you can't be ashamed. Therefore, no condemnation. You must be saved and know that you're saved by the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something. You can't size me up and judge me by what I have on concerning me being saved. The Bible says that you only have a right to judge me according to righteousness. Ooh. So therefore, if you don't know no word, then you can't judge me according to the word. That's a little much for you, ain't it? You see, we in the church, we size people up, we judge them, we, we do all these things. Let me tell you something. You can speak to somebody according to the word of God. And when they point the finger at you, you point it at the word of God. Now, you can't use the word of God to cut them down. But speaking the word of God, we will cut them down. It's an oxymoron. I know you're going to get it later. The Lord loves us. It's the enemy's plot and plan to put us in a mindset that God doesn't love us. So we have so many people giving up on God, walking out of the church, giving up on their gifts and talents, throwing in the towel, no longer witnessing, no longer evangelizing. And now when we show up for church, because we don't want to witness, we think we're fellowshipping, but actuality, we're socializing. Because the Bible speaks of it, without evangelism, there can be no fellowship. So when you out there drinking your coffee, if you're not sharing the word, you socialize and talk to me. Ah, but the real battle is in our minds. We can't allow the enemy to gain a foothold in our mind through condemnation. What's this. It is the Lord's will to reveal your issue. Watch this, not to the church. you. It is the Lord's will to reveal your issue to you. God did it for the purpose of purifying us. Paul said you know even in his ways he still had a thorn in his flesh. That's a reason why God left that thorn in his flesh to to cause him to remain humble. All of us no matter how long you've been in church you've got something that the bible calls a thorn in your flesh and we're saying god why won't you remove this god why won't you take it out of my life i will be a better person i will be a better steward i can do better i can preach better i can evangelize better i can sing better if it was removed god said no i gotta keep it there because if i remove it you might just exalt yourself you might have a lucifer attitude and begin to want things for yourself no, there's something that's in your life that's going to remain to keep you humble I don't know what it is but God will reveal it to you the last thing in my clothes is that we have to be armed with the scripture this is the reason why we can't fight and so when the enemy comes in and he tries to condemn you you must be armed with the word of God say I'm armed with the word of God oh come on that's us say it like you mean it I'm armed with the word of God we need verses that will confirm you are in Christ for example therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have become new to you watch this you need scriptures that confirm who God is in you the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and he's my high tower you also need scripture that says things like it's packed with revelation about the word of God to us and who he is to us what shall we say to these things I like this word right here what shall we say to these if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, talk to yourself sometimes, but deliver him up to us all. How shall he not be with him? Also free us and give us all things. Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. And the Bible says that we are justified by Oh man y'all, well, you better wake up this morning, I'll preach to myself anyhow. What is it that condemneth us? It is Christ that died, yea rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make of intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall it be tribulation, distress, persecution, the Bible says, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, watch this, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The word says, nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, keep them coming, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, wait a minute. It said nothing should separate us from God. When you stay in the closet. Because of your internal issues. We use this as a cop out. I haven't found my gift yet. I'm still searching for my gift. Let me tell you what the greatest gift is. The greatest gift that you can have is to realize you know what if I ain't got nothing I'm gonna go in your going in the process you will discover your gift you can't stay in the closet you can't sit down on God's Word you just can't come to church and do these things and be a part of the process what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul The reason why we lack joy, the reason why we lack peace is because we're doing things that we have no business doing. And the devil has tricked your mind into believing and thinking that just because you're doing it and it has the label Jesus on it, that it's all right. No, Jesus wants you right where you're supposed to be according to his will, according to his glory, according to his riches. You have a gift. You have a talent. Use it. I want to pray. Everybody stand. I want to pray. There's a struggle in the room. There's a struggle in the room. And the struggle is that your praise is forced all the time I said your praise is forced all the time why is it so tough for you to praise why is it so tough for you to lift your hands why is it so tough for you to be boisterous and vocal about what God is calling you to do because deep down inside your heart your mind you've got some issues that you want God to remove God reveals to you Satan condemns you God says step out Satan says you're not ready God says it's time, Satan says it'll never be time. God says this is laid up for you, go forward, it's promotion, go for it. Satan says you're not good enough. We have to get the word of God inside of us. So when he's fighting you on Tuesday, you ain't got time to wait to Sunday. You're battling right now. spirit now you ain't got time for the pope to come in the priest the pastor your girlfriend ain't around listen you need it now and there are going to be times in your life where you don't there's no husband there's no wife there's no companion and you have to lean and depend on the one and only companion that's true to your life it's called the holy ghost Oftentimes, he speaks, but we don't know his voice. Oftentimes, we say things we think we heard. You got these people in your ear, that material that you keep reading, and all this negativity. intro <laughs> I would share a testimony with you but I'm gonna save that for a different service you got to be careful in your scrolling something good the next something bad something uplifting the next something depressing somebody said be the change be the change. You can't be the change and looking at everybody else's garbage. Nah. Join hands with your neighbor. I want you to pray for your neighbor. I want you to pray for your neighbor. Pastor, I don't know him. You don't need to know them. They're your sister, they're your brothers. 2, Three, two, one, let's pray.